If parenthood came with a GPS, it would most likely just say recalculating. Join Yulandi Becker and her guest experts Wednesdays at 11 a.m. for Bump and Beyond, the show about pregnancy and babies. 101.9 megahertz of life. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Yes, you are on Bump and Beyond with me, Yulandi Becker, and as always, we're talking things parenting. Today's topic has left actually quite a very big scar in my memory. If I have to re- reflect back um, as to when my son was a baby, we're talking today specifically about reflux. Um, and as always, you know that I want you to join in the conversation. So please send us a telegram on 061-895-1019. You can, of course, phone us in, um, in the studio on telephone number 010-140-3020. And you can SMS us at 34519. SMSs are charged at 1.50 per SMS. As I mentioned, for me personally, my son, Oscar, as you know, my Academy Award, he had some serious reflux issues when he was a baby. I'm talking here, I mean, I'm going to talk a lot more about reflux with my expert just now, but um, I'm talking here projectile vomiting reflux. I had to replace my couches. It was so bad. Um, I mean, after he was like a little bit older, of course. But it was really horrible. Um, the reality, though, is is that he still was gaining weight. So even though it was serious projectile vomiting, he he grew and it was fine and he was clearly taking in what he was supposed to be taking in. And that's kind of what is what when doctors are not <laughs> afraid is when mm-hmm. your baby is actually still gaining weight and growing well, it is considered to be okay. But it's still it is can be quite a challenge to manage the reflux and to know what to do and what not to do. As a sleep consultant, you know, this show is just my side hustle. But as a sleep consultant, I can tell you this is a big worry for parents when it comes to reflux and sleep. Because often when reflux babies are um, like laid down, they are uncomfortable and they're not sleeping well. That's why it's very helpful. This is a top tip from a sleep consultant is to follow what we call a sleep feed play schedule and to rather feed your baby. And you can follow this already from when your baby is around eight to 10 weeks. And that means feeding your baby when they wake up and not before you put them down for sleep. This will ensure that when they wake up from a nap or in the morning that they have the most energy so they can take in a proper feed, first of all, empty those breasts and make breastfeeding also a more joyous journey. And then After the feed, it will also give them a little bit of time to actually process the feed. Get those burps out, fart, poop. I love this show. This is probably the only show where I can say (laughs) fart, poop, and all those things on live radio. But my my very good guest here today is already ready, and you could hear her maybe setting up her camera in the background. It's very disappointing, I have to say, for all of you that you can't see her in person. But I've been following her on Instagram for quite some time. And she's one of my favorite Instagram influencers because I think that's what she is at this point. But actually, I think that's her side hustle. She is actually a mom and a pediatrician. 
Thank you, Dr. Nadia Khan, for joining me today. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you, Yolandi, for having me. Um, I'm definitely not an influencer, not at all. Um, and I, I repeat that over and over <laughs> again. Um, I'm a pediatrician and I am a friend and a fellow mom. And I am really just here, as I say often, to help moms, to guide moms, and to inspire, you know, to for us all to live our best lives. Um, and that's been great with the show today, um, um, or for the show in general, is that this is what we want to create. We want to talk to the experts to know what we need to know about different topics. Again, yeah. as always, if you are out there, please send us a telegram on 0618951019 and join us in this conversation. Of course, this details you can get on our website, highfm.com or on our app. If you're listening somewhere else in the world, not necessarily in Joburg. I mean, Dr. Nadia Khan, she's in Durban, so she's quite mm -hmm. far away. You can listen to it on our app. It is available. The past weekend, it was Rosh Hashanah. So I just wanted to wish each and every one of you, uh, Shana Tova. Um, and I hope it was a happy Rosh Hashanah. Um, a nice um, start to the new year for each of you. Um, so, Dr. Khan, am I supposed to call you Nadia or Dr. Khan? I you can like call always... me whatever makes you feel more comfortable. Dr. Um, Khan, absolutely I feel, like feel just like I should be giving you the justice that you do. No, no, there's none of that, none of that, none of that. You can just call me Nadia. I'm absolutely fine with that. Yes. Or, so, or a lot of my patients call me Dr. Nadia. So. Oh, Dr. Yes. Nadia is also good. I like that yes, too. That's a, so. a, a, a mixture of the two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a good exactly. compromise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so earlier I was actually mentioning to, um, to everyone that I, I have a very big experience with my own son with serious projectile vomiting. But again, mm. in the end, I also now reflecting back, it was hectic, but it was, it didn't last that long in the bigger scheme of things. Mm -hmm. What is mm -hmm. considered the reflux? Let's start with that question. Yeah, so uh, so we're looking at reflux versus gastroesophageal reflux disease versus infant regurgitation. And basically, the first thing, and I, you know, I've reiterated this many times on, on Instagram as well. So let's just start with what is reflux? Is reflux vomiting or is reflux just the passive movement? of your gastrointestinal content. So let's start with that. It's not vomiting per se. Yes, vomiting might occur, but reflux by definition is the passive movement of gastrointestinal contents into the esophagus or the post-nasal space or um, coming out, obviously. So it might may come out of the mouth, right? Mm. So so that's reflux by definition, because a lot of patients, when I say, are there any signs of reflux? The first thing they say to me is, no, no, there's been no vomiting. Uh, and so your child, yes, exactly. And now this will then play into, and I hopefully we'll discuss silent reflux, obviously, because I hear a lot of moms talking about that as well. But so, so by definition, reflux is the passive movement of the gastrointestinal contents upward, esophagus, 
post-nasal space, and then sometimes out. And then reflux, when does it become disease? And you mentioned this in your story already, right? Why it was considered okay and maybe considered as just infant regurgitation. And that is because it's only considered pathological or disease if it's causing a problem. So Mm. if the child is not gaining weight, if the child is crying all the time and irritable and miserable and never sleeping, if the child is aspirating, which would then result in coughing, right, or spluttering or stridor and laryngomalacia, or sometimes they will get nasal congestion that is getting progressively worse. So that's when you say, okay, it's now reflux disease. Oh. So that's when it goes from just reflux, reflux. Or infant regurgitation, which is quite common in babies, to reflux disease, which becomes problematic. Yeah, and I wanted to say that. I mean, I often say that to to my my clients as well, is that in the mm. end of the day, I feel that just like you said, a little bit of spit up, which in mm. essence is exactly reflux, mm-hmm. is actually very, very, very normal for every uh-huh. single baby. Uh-huh. Because, I mean, if you really think about it, firstly, you know, you know, if you think of where your stomach is and where your mouth is, mm. it's quite far apart. But with a tiny baby, the mouth and the stomach <laughs> is quite close to each other, actually, because they're tiny. So just for me, that essence makes the chances of something coming out obviously a lot higher. And as we all know as well, not all, maybe we should share that again. Everyone should remember that I know an odd amount about baby stuff. I'm not the standard one. <laughs> and and uh, because the stomach valve is often underdeveloped with babies and that yes. also causes a little bit of spit up to come out. Yes. And their posture babies are very slumped over. They're not, they don't have a straight back yet. And even just the posture can add to the fact that spit up is going to come in, but we are getting to our first break and very quickly starting to run out of time already, but we've got lots to cover um, just after this break. This is bump and beyond with Yolandi Becker. The show about pregnancy and babies, 101.9 megahertz of life. If you've just joined me, you are on 101.9 High FM. This is Bump and Beyond, and I'm your host, Yulandi Becker. And as always, we speak things parenting. And to be honest, I'm surprised it took me this long to get to this topic. Today, we're talking reflux and Before we went to the break and um, we actually, I was mentioning that it's quite common for babies. I mean, Dr. Nadia Khan, who is my expert guest today, was mentioning what reflux is. And in the end of the day, most babies do spit up um, some, some milk after feeding. And it's very, very kind of normal thing to happen. And as their posture becomes stronger and they are able to sit up, you will also notice probably that you have to burp your baby less because the burps kind of naturally come out themselves. But also, um, Dr. Nadia, before that, you were also mentioning silent reflux. Mm-hmm. So what is considered silent reflux? 
So actually, if you actually look at the textbooks and you look at all the pediatric uh, journals, there isn't really um, silent reflux you won't really find um, in any of the guidelines. And that's because actually the definition of reflux is silent. But I suppose for moms, for moms, it's good to understand that I think we say silent reflux so that they understand that actually it doesn't mean vomiting. And so most of the time reflux is silent, but moms don't realize that it's happening. And there are subtle signs of reflux, which hopefully we'll get into. I know I've covered before and I often talk about it. And this has come from experience over like the last I suppose 11 years in private practice. But this please is kind get of, into that. We could talk about okay. that. What are some of these signs we have the to look at? signs of silent reflux. So the signs of silent reflux are so different to what you would kind of expect. And, um, you know, it's so interesting because when I start to say, oh, has your child got reflux or signs of reflux? And mom will say, ah, oh, there's no vomiting. Then I'll say, okay, but does your child do this? And so let me go through some of them. So one of the things that will be like probably in one of the earliest signs of, of a baby having reflux or silent reflux is that they will start to get a blocked nose. Now, all babies get a blocked nose, right? So what's the difference? Um, and the difference is that, number one, it gets progressively worse. Right, because of that acid coming up with the gastrointestinal content sitting in the post nasal space, you will get this um, almost like the adenoid gets attacked by this acid. And what does it do? What does the body say? The mucosa say, We're under attack, we're under attack. What do we need? We need to produce mucus. That's the purpose of mucus, it is to protect our mucosa, right? That, that thick mucus. No. And so you start getting this very thick kind of congested sound and it won't be anything coming out the nose. So the moms will try to like suck it out, but nothing's coming out. And so the baby, especially at night, will sound very, if I had to describe it, I could kind of, you know, give you an example of what they sound like. And it sounds like a um, a snorting sound, but like, you know, in that yeah. post-nasal space. And they sometimes kind of clear where they got... <coughs> And they've got this like thick mucus sitting in the post-nasal space. So that's the first thing, right? So um, it's important to recognize that. Second thing is that the arching of the back where they stiffen up, they arch their back all the way backward, push their head back, and they can sometimes twist their neck and turn their head to the one side. So they'll have almost like they'll start developing torticollis with the head on the one side. And then they fist, head on the one side, arch and push their head back. And that's so they increase the space in the intra-abdominal area. So there's increased volume, obviously, by pushing back, um, because it's exactly what you were saying about how the babies are naturally more squished like yeah. that <laughs> forward. But um, so they start to push back. They increase that space so that there's less reflux. The third thing is that they will start to kick their one leg. So you'll see that one leg will start to cycle you know, the cycling of the That's one so leg, sometimes both. Yeah, no, when you see it, I should actually put on a onesie and do like a little like video of me being a, a baby with reflux so that parents can see what I'm talking. Because the moment I start doing it, they go, oh, my gosh, my baby's been doing that all the time. So that, and then, again, hiccups are normal. 
But when the hiccups are excessive, that might be a sign. So you get excessive amounts of hiccups because as that bolus of milk is coming up, what is triggered? The hiccups. So the mm. hiccups start happening. Um, the other thing, the other subtle things are jitteriness, the jitteriness in those weeks. Um, so a baby who's excessively jittery, have it checked out by your peed. The chin sometimes jitters a lot as well. You get a jittery chin. Jittery hands, sometimes jittery legs as well. It's very interesting. I've had moms come in and uh, with their babies who are exceptionally jittery or the mom's worried about them, um, you know, maybe having seizures and it's all fine and all it shows is that the baby has reflux. And then one other one that I have to mention is that stridor. And that's important because a lot of parents miss that one. Stridor where they go, that that sound, that inspiratory sound, that high pitched sound, um, is laryngomalacia, or well, we describe the sound as stridor, and it's when you get obstruction in the upper airway. So the baby might have that sound with feeding or after feeds. And so anyone listening to this who's had this in their baby will know exactly what I'm yeah. talking about. Um, and I must actually just share the videos that I've shared previously on uh, my social media so that moms can actually listen to what it sounds like. Because a lot of moms do come back afterwards and go, oh, my gosh, yeah, that's exactly what uh, my baby has. Yeah. yeah. If you've only just joined us, you are on 101.9 High FM. I am your host, Yulani Becker, and today I'm interviewing Dr. Nadia Khan, and we're talking about reflux. If you are not following Dr. Nadia Khan yet on social media, I would definitely encourage that you go do that as a parent. She's got super helpful videos on, and I mean, she was just mentioning now the signs of silent reflux, and she's got some videos on that as well. So it would be very beneficial for you to go and follow her on Instagram. Um, she says she's not an influencer, but... You know, I do feel that there is <laughs> some influence. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to join in the conversation and ask some questions about reflux to Dr. Khan, please do send us a telegram on 061-895-1019. You can also email us at instudio at highfm.com. Uh, so... Um, we've now spoken about reflux, silent reflux and the signs of it. But are there some babies that are more prone to reflux than others? Yes, yes, so they are. Um, generally speaking, um, number one, your prim babies are more likely to have reflux. They're obviously... Um, they've got more immature um, muscles of their esophagus and their stomach and their, obviously their valve is a bit floppier. They are a bit floppier in general. And um, so you find that prim babies, premature babies are more likely to have it. Babies who have neuromuscular issues are more likely to have it as well. Um, and then Obviously, uh, I don't know if we're going to get to causes at some point, but basically children with food allergies, I would say that that's the top, top, top cause of um, of reflux in babies is food allergies. Specifically, the, the most, um, you know, the one that we see the most is uh, cow's milk protein allergy. And this would be a non-IgE mediated cow's milk protein allergy. And, and just for those who don't understand why I'm saying that and why I'm differentiating between the two, is because if you think your baby might have reflux, 
due to a cosmo protein allergy, getting a blood test is not going to give you the answer you are wanting or expecting to get because non-IgE-mediated allergies basically don't show up on a blood test or may not show up on a blood test. There are no validated tests for them. And so, and that's important to remember because you have to go with your gut and you do a trial and then you see if there's improvement. If you expect to get it in black and white as a nice, easy answer, it's not going to happen, unfortunately. On that note, if you are interested in listening a little bit more about allergies, we had a fantastic conversation last week um, on our show with Dr. Adal Ru, specifically mm. about um, different kinds of allergies. So the podcast, yes. of course, is available on highfm.com. So one of the causes you mentioned now is allergies, such as cow's milk mm-hmm. allergies. What are some mm-hmm. of the other causes of reflux? Yeah, so aside from cosmoprotein allergy, you get other food allergies, you get prematurity, um, obviously floppy valves, neuromuscular diseases like, um, uh, you know, children who have cerebral palsy or other neuromuscular diseases. Those are really the main, main causes. And then overfeeding, overfeeding reflux is a big one. Smoking, parents who smoke, so secondary or tertiary tobacco smoke can cause reflux. And I don't think people realize how much it actually impacts on that valve. And um, so I always say to parents, you know, I'm not saying you must go quit smoking like tomorrow, but just be cognizant of the fact that not only prime primary, but secondary and tertiary tobacco smoke in that environment that the baby's in. So on on, a, on clothing and things is going to affect the baby. So definitely um, consider, you know, having like a outdoor smoke zone and a smoking cape and a smoking mask and, you know, just have a shower and bathe afterwards and all of that. Or just because, stop smoking. If you're not going to say yeah. it, I will say it. Stop smoking. It's not yeah. good. It's not better. <laughs> I, just, I try not to, like, you know, I just, like, yeah, try and do it, like, just safely. Oh, that's know. nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, the next thing I wanted to ask now, because we did now speak about um Overfeeding. All babies also have like reflux and, 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 but how, when do you now need to start looking at getting medical advice or assistance? When should you start worrying about reflux? So you definitely, I would say, um, obviously there are different guidelines for the public and private sector, but, um, and you've got a lower threshold in the, in the private sector than you would in the public sector. But, um, the, the first thing, the most important thing would obviously be um, feeding. Um, if your child's starting to refuse feeding, if your child's not gaining weight, then you need to go and seek treatment um, from from a professional. The second thing is that um, if the child is starting to have any complications from the reflux, so that acid, that milk is coming up and causing issues in the respiratory system, i.e. I have seen babies who have quite bad apneas with reflux because it comes up and it blocks, it won't come out. And so the moms have no idea it's even happening. And all they end up coming into casualty with is a baby who has stopped 
breathing. So apnea sure. is a big one. Yeah, because it just obstructs your airways, right? Um, and then progressive laryngomalacia. So where you've got that stridor that's getting worse or the child's coughing all the time or the child is developing a wheezy chest or the child is um, getting aspiration pneumonias or you've got a baby who's just getting sick constantly. You've got this little baby and maybe you're going to like, um, you know, you haven't seen your pediatrician yet, but you're just getting like antibiotics for infection after infection after infection. That can be a sign that your baby is actually aspirating. So that's another sign. Um, what else? Just an irritable baby. A no. baby that's irritable all the time because quality of life is also important. You cannot be a good mother if your child is screaming all the time and unhappy and miserable. So this whole, this attitude of, oh, yeah, babies cry and babies just don't sleep like uh, endlessly, like for me is an issue because yeah. are you a mother? Have you had a baby not sleeping? Do you know how hard it is to function when you have a kid who's been screaming all night? I know because, you know, I had to come to work the following day. And and it really, you cannot be a good mom and you can't give the best of yourself to your family. And ultimately, health is about that, really, no. about quality of life for the whole family. So so that is, for me, an indication that you, um, you might need to get it treated. Yes. So, of course, lots of small babies have reflux and they spit mm. up a little bit of milk. We've mentioned that before. But up until what age... Can babies still have reflux? You would be amazed. Like, there are babies who have, depending on the underlying cause, of course, there are children, there are babies who will have reflux maybe for the first few months, then it will go away, and then it might come back when they are maybe eight or nine months or even later on. And so it can be triggered by, sometimes it can be triggered by a viral infection. It can be triggered by maybe constipation. So anything that blocks us downward. So if you get constipated, you're going to trigger your cologastric break, which will then cause delayed gastric emptying. So your stomach empties later, which then will promote um, reflux. I've even seen five-year-olds who had reflux when they were babies, maybe from uh, food allergies or whatever it is, they they can get a viral infection like an enterovirus infection which can trigger a gastritis again or they can be on medications too much cortisone um, you know things like that no. they can then trigger gastritis again and then they get reflux again so where they are prone to it or more likely to get it they can get it again but if you're asking if it's severe in the beginning how long I've seen babies up to even like one year to 18 months still needing treatment. And that's because the cause of the reflux is not just the position, just the fact that they're on a fluid diet, but it's something else. It's that motility, you know, of the, the esophagus and then the stomach. So it's just kind of, you know, uh, that inflammation in the esophagus and the stomach that hasn't settled. So you can have some kids have it till um, a lot older. Yeah. I mean, after asking it, I remember that my aunt actually has reflux. So obviously adults can also have reflux. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Not just That's the baby. That's more lifestyle though. That's more lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. That, that I could have told you without a medical. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing you mentioned earlier was overfeeding. 
And mm-hmm. I mean, how, I mean, I mean, as I, if I just re- remember and recall as a mom, I, I honestly, overfeeding was not something I was worried about. It was actually nope. the opposite I was worried about. How do you know if you're overfeeding your baby? <laughs> It's, it's, I mean, that's the magic question, right? Like, how do you know if you're overfeeding your baby? It's almost impossible. And, uh, to I know have to for stop sure. you of that thought. We will have to get back to that thought just after this break. <laughs> this is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker, the show about pregnancy and babies. 101.9 megahertz of life. If you've just joined me, you are on 101.9 High FM. I am your host, Yunani Becker. And if you've only just joining us, I've been interviewing Dr. Nadia Khan and we've been actually talking about reflux. And before we had to take a small break, uh, we were speaking about, um, how do you know when you're overfeeding your child? <laughs> yep. Yep. So it, it, it is so difficult. And, you know, especially if a baby's breastfed, like it's different if, you're bottle feeding and then I can do the equations and I can say, oh, roundabout, you know, it's not an exact thing, but I can then say, okay, 150 mils uh, per kg per day. Um, and I can then say, okay, divide that up by the number of feeds and you should be giving this number of feeds. But when you're breastfeeding, it's almost impossible. And I hate to say to mothers, oh, no, you must now express and see how much mm. you're getting. Because I don't think, uh, you know, it's it's horrendous when you have to suddenly take your baby off the breast and, like, give them a bottle. Um, so I, I, what I do say is, in general, you have an idea. If a baby has signs of reflux and um, you find that the baby's overweight or gaining weight, too much weight, more than like 200 grams a week, that might give you an idea. So those, you know, some of the subtle things, because if a baby is refluxing and, you know, it is, you know, a, a problem like pathological, then you're, the baby shouldn't be overweight. So if you're, mm. if your baby's overweight, um, then you might be overfeeding. And in some traditional um, families, uh, you might find like the granny or the great granny just says, yeah, feed the baby, feed the baby, feed the baby. Every time they squeak, you feed the baby. And then kind of the overflow. I call it overflowing reflux, where it just comes out the top because it's got nowhere else to go. And, and that does happen. But I mean, you know how it feels when you've overeaten, guys. Like when you've overeaten that evening, you're going to suffer. Um, you know, you kind of have to stand up and like undo a couple of buttons and, 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 and imagine, imagine doing that and then take a walk around, chew some gum. And, and sometimes what happens is you also want to drink. So think mm. about it. When you've got reflux coming up all the time, you kind of want to have like some ice water or something. And then the moment you have that, you're like, Oh, I folded up even more. That was a bad idea. So that's what happens with babies as well. They might look like they suddenly want to drink a lot. They're constantly wanting to feed yeah. and, um, yeah, to push it down, to push it down, to ease it. But mm. then it actually makes it worse. It becomes a bit like a vicious cycle. Yeah. So when the reflux now obviously gets to a point where it is something that you should be worrying about, what is mm-hmm. generally the medical treatment for, mm. for reflux? Okay, so this is very easy for parents to do. We're going to start, I start out with conservative measures because I don't like having to medicate these kids. I had a reflux of my son had severe reflux, but I was 
you know, this was a while ago, like seven years ago, and I hate that we went on to Nexium because every medication comes with side effects. So I say if you can keep a child off meds, that is the goal. So according to the international standards for reflux, or international guidelines for reflux, if you look at, um, uh, you know, what you can do, conservative measures that you can do for every baby is that number one, is breastfeeding better or formula better for reflux? Breastfeeding is better. It's been pro- proven to be so much better. There's prokinetic agents in breast milk that are going to eventually help no. the baby. So don't ever let anyone tell you that your baby's got reflux. Stop breastfeeding. No. Okay, so that's number one. Number two is that I would recommend you make sure the baby doesn't have a lip or tongue tie. Have that assessed by your pee because that can make make them swallow lots of the air, which can then lead to reflux. I have to say, so many that you're mentioning now is like, oh my, because my son had a lip tie. There's so many things Mm. that you're mentioning. It's like, oh, I didn't realize that. That could have made my life a lot easier. It it really does, actually. It's helped a lot of patients. Yes. Um, So get that sorted out. Um, Make sure you're burping for longer. So. Upright after a feed. So, or let's just say upright. So position therapy, which will include number one, keeping your baby upright for about the, the guidelines say 30 minutes, but practically, you know, I've gone through this. And so 20 minutes was kind of like my cutoff. Um, so I would say 20 minutes. A lot of people don't realize that a baby might not only have one burp. So when I say, have you burped the baby? They're like, yeah, yeah, we burped. And it was like two minutes up, right? They got one burp and it's done. But actually, sometimes the baby's got more than one burp. Think of like a vessel. Oh, a nice way to picture it is you've got like a syringe with like like water in the syringe and it's got bubbles and you've got, got to like kind of tap it a couple of times to get. And that's what we're doing with the baby. And, and all of it might not come out in one go. And especially if they've got a lip and a tongue tie. So 20 minutes upright. Also recommend a wedge under the mattress to keep the baby's mattress and at an angle of about 30 degrees. So that also helps. And then um, dietary changes for the mom. So if the mom's breastfeeding, the guidelines recommend you don't have to do a test for this or anything, but start out with just trying dairy-free and soya-free. Helping enough, they even say avoid beef as well. So dairy-free, soya-free, and avoid beef as well. And um, and see if there's any changes. It may take some time to recognize those changes, just by the way, because it can take up to a month for that to be out of the mom's milk, but you'll start to see improvements within like two weeks or so. Um, and then other like subtle things you can try, obviously avoid smoking. And then um, a probiotic sometimes helps as well, okay. right? No. So uh, those are the conservative measures. And I mean, that's a good measure to try definitely mm-hmm. before. And because I have to say, I agree with you. Again, looking back, my son was also on Nexium. Um, and mm-hmm. I mean, it might have helped. I don't know. I didn't feel it made a huge difference, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, by, by that time, I also didn't really know any of the side effects. I was just hoping that it would be better and it mm-hmm. didn't go away, the, the reflux because of it. Now, also looking back, I think your overfeeding thing, was maybe one of the things I did. <laughs> yeah, well. yeah. Again, you also definitely had a tongue tie, and I think to avoid those type of things. I also mentioned earlier, of course, um, 
for me, um, as a sleep consultant, it is beneficial to help feed the baby when they wake up so that you have mm-hmm. that time to kind yes. of keep the baby upright after feed. But Craig yes. is signaling to me we have to go to another ad break. We're very okay. strongly running out of time and oh. we'll finish up just after that. <laughs> this is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker. The show about pregnancy and babies, 101.9 megahertz of life. And just like that, another show is coming to an end. If you missed the show today, I was interviewing Dr. Nadia Khan and we were talking about reflux. And as a final thought before you go, Dr. Khan, I would like to ask you what, what is, what is something you feel every person or every parent should know about reflux? Um, oh, that is that is a tricky one, but I would say um, the main thing is that if you have done everything for the reflux and it's not getting better, you know, don't stop. Don't stop there because there's probably something underlying. Um, and, you know, your mom gut is going to tell you that. Um, and uh, you don't have to suffer in silence. Seek out someone. I promise you, you always end up finding something. You'll either find a bladder infection. You'll find a kidney thing or the lip and tongue type. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yes. You're gonna, I've had patients who've had malrotation of the gut that was sitting there. You know, they needed like surgery or they've had like other things. So all I'm saying is that, you know, sometimes you give a child next to him and then the mom just like says, Oh, this is not really helping, but I'll just suffer in silence. Don't. If you need, Further, if you find it's not improving, go and seek help somewhere. Um, yeah. Get that quality of life that you deserve. That's wonderful. Dr. Nadia Khan, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you've missed this, of course, as always, the podcast will be available on our website, um, uh, www.hifm.com. Thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Carl. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed this as well, Yolandi. Um, uh, also, please remember that all of our podcasts, um, so many different topics, like I said, me, I mentioned earlier, allergies, so many different things that we've spoken about, breastfeeding. All those podcasts and also, of course, the podcasts from all of our other shows are available on highfm.com. If you want to add in the conversation and want to send us some topics on what to discuss, you can, of course, send it to me at yulandi at goodnightbaby.co.za. I would love to know what you want us to chat about. And, of course, like I said earlier, please make sure to go follow Dr. Nadia Khan. And it's literally that Dr. Nadia Khan. You can just search her on Instagram and on Facebook. You wouldn't have a problem to find her. Um, and follow her. She's got really great, insightful tips on her page. And entertaining as well. It's really like <laughs> those perfect entertaining videos. That, and she's pretty. And it's like, there's just it, you should go and follow her. It's really great. <laughs> It is really one of my favorite people to follow. Um, But that is it, unfortunately, for today. I am very much wishing you a meaningful Yom Kippur this coming weekend. Um, The world is changed by your example, not by your opinion. Let's lead by example for our children. Thank you so much for joining me today. Until next time, goodbye. (laughs) 